I should turn the email off because I'm I'm waiting for I would hockey camps. Oh. Like I need to sign up for hockey camps and it's ruthless. Uh-huh. It's absolutely ruthless to get on the hockey camps. And I thought they were going to go live at nine o'clock, but apparently they didn't go live at nine o'clock. So at some point, I don't know, I might, I might have to pause the recording so I can get Jacob into some, <laughs> some spring camps. Cause he's the meal ticket, Joe. He's the scratch off. I need him to make the this NHL is for a camp or this is for a team. Uh, no, this is for a variety of camps in the spring. Okay. So then is that can, how they find you at the camp? Is it no, like college or no, it's just no. to work. It's just to work on stuff. Just to go just practice. to work on stuff. Get your reps in. Get your reps in, work on the things you need to work on, and then get ready for tryouts in what late April or May. And then we'll go from there. So if you want to advertise, now's the time, folks, because contact us, the OG goes digital at gmail.com because these hockey camps ain't paying for themselves. Just saying. Just saying. So if you have any advertising inquiries, by all means, we'll even call it. Hi, we're such and such. And we're helping put Ovius's kid through hockey camps. I'm just thinking in real time here. I don't know how much the hockey camps cost. I mean, they get up there. It's like, what did I just pay for a Carolina hurricane summer camp? I want to say it was like 500 bucks for a week. Okay. Yeah. Next camp is on OG Media. You know how they have little league teams yeah. sponsored by your your local. You know my you know my first little league baseball team was sponsored by the local liquor store. <laughs> I wish those were the kind of jerseys that you were allowed to save, but you had to turn them in. Right. Oh my! I am oh, dead man. serious right now. Bischoff Liquors that they in New Jersey it? was our my first little league team. I love that was sponsored by the local liquor store. I love that. So I want I, I'm. I'll check with our person. Yeah. I'm fairly if, certain if tax we free. That. We can send. Okay. Well, we can send to camp. All right. Cause it's kind of like buying the jerseys. He might need to get an OG wristband. I might need to talk to Jordan over at uh, Adidas. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Let's, anyway, I'm just giving you a heads up. If I'm a little distracted today yeah. because I'm refreshing the league apps, I would love for us to have a team. Oh, that'd be hilarious. That would be hilarious. That would be amazing. Anyway, you ready to ready to get going? Yes. Oh, oh, you. Oh, not I, happy. I know. I'm not I, happy on multiple fronts. I, I know. I'm why not you're, gonna lie to you. I know why I'm you're in a mood. You. I know why you're in a mood. Let's get. Let's get going. Let's get going. OG. 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 Let's podcast alongside Joe Gilio. I'm Joe Ovias inside Eford Studios, downtown Raleigh. Thanks to Empire Properties and thanks to Copiers Plus. Check them out online at copiers-plus.com. Print assessment, document management, the cloud. These are all things that Copiers Plus can handle. Much like the Kansas City Chiefs continue to handle business, Joe. Whew! The takes! The takes from yesterday! That, can, that makes me feel alive. Look, I, I've been trying to spend less time on Twitter, right? But I've said this before, and I'll say it again. When sports is going on nights like yesterday, and it's popping, it's like threads cannot compete with the level of take that takes place on Twitter. It just doesn't. It just doesn't. And it's just like, hit me with another Lamar Jackson take. Hit me with another Taylor Swift take. I need it. But you, sir, are not as hype as I am this morning. And I have a feeling why. Hmm. I have a hunch. Mm-hmm. 
You you bet against Speak, the, you bet against the Chiefs again, didn't you? Speaking of ways we could have put somebody in hockey camp, yeah. Why do you do this? Well, this was the same ticket from December. Okay, this was right. the but it was a very specific ticket. It had to be the Niners against the Ravens. Mm-hmm. So I knew going into this thing that somehow Mahomes was going to get me, especially when the Bills thing happened. Then I was like, oof. And the Ravens, congratulations. They played their Super Bowl on a Sunday night game against the 49ers a month ago. Right. Like, right. like, yeah, there's no other way I can explain that one to you. So you have a lot of receipts coming today. You, you have a, you were right about Taylor Swift in the NFL and mm-hmm. getting this thing to the Super Bowl. It was, that was going to happen. It's scripted. You baby. were also right that the Chiefs, yeah, guess what? They probably weren't all that jazzed up for a, uh, a Tuesday night game against Detroit in the opener. Well, they probably okay. weren't all that jazzed up for when Buffalo came to town, you know, six weeks ago and they end up losing on a, on, in their mind, a controversial penalty. Yeah. Um, they have turned into the Oh nine giants in, mm-hmm. in front of our eyes, mm-hmm. right down to their defensive coordinator. And instead of Eli Manning being the one, you know, pulling the levers, <laughs> it's actually it's, one, it, one of the best to do it. It it actually is, and it, you don't. I don't even think you need the silly qualifiers of one of anymore. Mm-hmm. He's he's it. He, he is the combat. He is what Aaron Rodgers never was. He is the most talented guy at the position. Yeah, and he's leading his team. He's willing his team. Yes, the defense is amazing, but he simply plays flawless football. That's he, the thing. He, he runs more now. He's running more than he ever has, I think. Yeah. Uh, to extend drives. He does not turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. He does not take chances. They sit there. They've learned from, you know, I think it was the 20 season when they lost. Nope. 20 was the pandemic. 21, they ended up losing to the Bengals. And that was the year where they were like, oh my God, every play has to be a deep shot to uh hill or every play has to be to kelsey now kelsey was was ridiculous yesterday um but no he's flawless the penalty they don't don't make mistakes penalty wise Mm -hmm. he doesn't turn the ball over yeah Uh, he knows when to throw it away he knows when to run he's a game manager really with the with the right with the crowd around him right now yes he is he's a he's a wonderful game manager you know what you know what i have to respect though yeah how many times have you heard me say die with your fastball Mm-hmm. How many times? Like everybody in the effing building knows Kelsey's going to get the ball. He doesn't care. No, he's getting the ball. You can't cover him. Kyle Hamilton been one of the best players in the NFL this year. If we ever really had serious conversations about who the actual most valuable player is in the league, since we can't wrap our brains around that, it can't be a quarterback. Right. You know, the safety for the, the Ravens had been outstanding this year on the opening drive. That was like, Oh, you've never given up a touchdown pass all season, have you? <laughs> Check. You know. Oh, it's it's third and four. Where do you think this ball's going? Check. So you just, you just have to tip your hat to what they've been able to do. It, it's it's really remarkable. And um, his playoff losses are to Tom Brady in an AFC Championship game to Joey Burr in the game where I mentioned that I think their strategy was a little bit off. Mm-hmm. And if not for a turned ankle and a dead left tackle, they probably beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Entirely possible. uh, In the pandemic year. But they were injured. Injury luck is real. uh, Just as bracket luck is real. I want to go back to something you said about, I don't don't think the Chiefs were dealing with the, how do you get up for a game on a Tuesday night type of thing, right? 
I think it was the Chiefs trying to figure out what they are. You'll see, you'll hear me say this all the time. You got to coach the team you have, not the team that you want. And yep. at some point, we were so caught up in how the Chiefs were, used to be, sure, which is why there was this like your obsession with Tyreek Hill. Yep. You this conversation about what they were versus what they are now, and why Andy Reid is a hell of a coach that understands this is what we are now, and a quarterback who understands this is what we are now. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick went through the same thing, by mm-hmm. the way. Mm-hmm. People act like the che- like the 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 New England Patriots were this monolith throughout their entire run of winning Super Bowls. No, there are very there are iterations to that. The Randy Moss team sure. was the greatest show on turf for a while versus some of the you you mentioned Travis Kelsey. Well, you also had moments where Tom Brady had Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. Right. So, there, there, and you had a really Speaking great. Of, everybody in the building knows who's going to. You know what's going to happen them anyway. And then on top of that, you you mentioned Spagnolo and the defense. Well, what is Bill? What was Bill Belichick's calling card? Mm-hmm. And it's and I'll say this: the same thing about Tom Brady and the New England Patriots and why they had the kind of run that they had is because Tom Brady never had to face Bill Belichick in that defense. Never had to. Yeah. And Patrick Mahomes, as great as he is, the greatest trick he has is that he doesn't have to play the Chiefs and that defense. And we we said this last week with the Bills, and we'll say it again this week after the Ravens. They don't beat themselves. They don't take dumb penalties. Patrick Mahomes was flawless. He didn't put up great numbers, but he didn't have any interceptions. Lamar Jackson did. Although, I'm not putting this entire game on Lamar Jackson, and this is where the take really starts to upset me because that was a complete team failure by the Baltimore Ravens. A complete yeah. team failure. They were in it for like a hot minute. Oh, I thought that and, game was going to be bonkers. Like yeah. the way the game started, yeah. I thought it was going to be. I think most people thought it was going to be a bonkers game. But let's not let's not look past the fact that the Ravens put themselves in a bad position going into halftime with two dumb penalties. Right, extends drives, they end up yeah. they, they end up going and kicking the field goal. Yep. As much as people want to bang on Lamar Jackson, last time I checked, he wasn't the one that was a penalized for a dumb taunting penalty like Zay Flowers was, and then follows that up by getting peanut punched in the end zone because he made the very, very crucial mistake of trying to extend out, allowing, allowing for Sneed to punch that ball out. And of course, the Chiefs recover that fumble. So there were a lot of mistakes just from, and then again, as much as the Chiefs defense is good, you die with your fastball, right? What was one of the things that the Baltimore Ravens had done all year long? Run the freaking ball. Run the ball. Yep. And they barely ran the ball in this game. Some of that has to do with the Chiefs. Some of that has to do with teams getting away from what's worked the entire time. So here we are. The Chiefs, once again, Joe, in the Super Bowl. Fourth time in, in five years. Not too shabby, man. Not too shabby. And I don't, I, I would love to know. I would love to know what it is that as sports fans, we don't like about greatness, right? Like, oh, I'm sick of the Chiefs. Why? Why are you sick of watching greatness? Why are you sick of watching somebody in their prime at this point? In in the case of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, it's not the Taylor Swift stuff. Because again, we saw this stuff with Tom Brady too. Everybody was just, I guess it's like this weird need to be right. Like we called it first. They're dropping off. This is it. The dynasty's over. And then you can point to, like, see, I told you, I told you it was a wrap. Okay, cool. You get brownie points for that. Do you want a ribbon? Like, I'll never <laughs> understand this need to be correct about, oh, well, I was right about when they were going to fall off. 
And that actually has extended itself to this conversation about Lamar Jackson and the conversation about Josh Allen. And look, it's entirely possible that I am missing the big picture here. But I thought it was weird. I thought it was weird that Tony Romo spent a good chunk of time setting this up as some sort of legacy game for Lamar Jackson. And the argument is, well, he's going to be a two-time MVP. They were great all season long. They've never been to the Super Bowl. Cool. But again, it's not his fault that all this is happening at the same time as the Chiefs running everything. It's not his fault that he has to keep going up or teams keep having to go up against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and the Chiefs. It's the same thing I said about Josh Allen last week. Josh Allen's great. And they had, you know, you want to talk about legacy games. You've been butting your head up against the Chiefs the entire time, right? You finally got that home game. That was supposed to be your chance. And instead it was, oh, well, I mean, what's he supposed to do? I mean, Stephon Diggs, I mean, he dropped the pass. And then the, and the kicker, the kicker missed the kick. I mean, like all the excuses that were coming up for Josh Allen, none of those excuses seem to be up for Lamar Jackson. It's just like, oh, you're a failure. You're a fraud. This and that. And it's like, come on, y'all. Y'all not, y'all not see it? Yeah. Do y'all not see the double standard when it comes to this kind of stuff? I, I, I can't explain what it is. I really cannot explain what it is other than people like Josh Allen. And we're still litigating Lamar Jackson and whether or not he should have been a wide receiver, <laughs> which turns out he should have been catching his own deflected passes. I bet you Bill Polian was watching that game I and going, you. he was, he was doing the Leo. He was doing, it's like, see, I told you, I told you, I told you this was going to happen. Okay. I checked league apps. Still not happening. Still hasn't gone live yet. It's fine. So what is the, issue you it'll fill up and you won't be able to yeah. get a spot won't get a spot it's only like 20 spots really it's tough man it's, it's competitive it's competitive out there okay right. let's uh we'll move on to some other things housekeeping very excited that we have a sponsor for housekeeping joe yeah that's it's huge we even got a little graphics for it and everything I, new housekeeping graphics and speaking of ideas like you know i love to take credit when i'm right yeah, this wasn't even our idea. No, it wasn't. That's not, that's like the best part of all, all of this. <laughs> like that's the part I can't even be like, man, that was really smart of us. No, no, it's all Inovana, man. All Inovana. <laughs> Inovana Green Cleaning. Check them out online. InovanaGreenCleaning.com. That's E N O V A N A E N O V A N A GreenCleaning.com. Yeah, it's funny, talking about the Junior Kane stuff, the travel hockey stuff is actually a good way to explain why this kind of stuff is important. I, I will be the first to admit that one of the things that I was adamant against was getting somebody to clean the house. We'll do it myself. We'll do it live. But you know how it is? You get older, kids get older, activities start taking over, you have very little time to do much of anything. And the last thing you want to do when you finally have a free weekend, clean the blinds, vacuum, clean dusting, clean the damn bathroom, bathrooms. And as much as I can try to get the kids to clean their own bathroom, how do you think that job is done? Poorly. Poorly. Exactly. Slipshot even. So, so <laughs> this is where, you know, Vana Green Cleaning comes into play. Locally owned and operated house cleaning. They've been around since 2007. They've been doing this a while. They got flexible plans. You could do regularly scheduled visits or a one-time cleaning, like a big cleaning. And one thing that we do love, Joe, no contracts. Yeah. It's a thing as you go. They're not locking you in. It's very, very convenient. So again, check them out. You can check them out online and schedule right now. It'll take you about 60 seconds to do so. Enovanagreencleaning.com. Enovanagreencleaning.com. 
Com. You know what I really love? What do you love? Uh, a very efficient website. Yeah. Once again, we found someone to work with who has an amazing <laughs> website. It's I don't know. It's like a like a father in law trying to judge the the daughter's you know the father trying to judge the daughter's date. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I judge companies based on their website. EnovanaGreenCleaning.com. That's a really nice. They can they can take our daughter out anytime. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. A couple other housekeeping notes. The Tecmo Super Bowl tournament is this Sunday, one o'clock. One one P. One P Shadies in, 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 in honor of the NFL. Yes. One right. P kickoff. One o'clock Shadies Garner. I finally dusted off my Nintendo. Found the copy of Tecmo Super Bowl. Is it ready? Are we ready? It was a little dicey. Uh oh. It required a lot of got to blow into the cartridge, got to get it just right. I feel like I got to put my Nintendo, it's my original Nintendo, behind glass so yeah. that nobody touches it. Because if you touch that thing, it it's might reset the going game. somewhere. It might, I don't know what's going to happen. It might reset the game. It's going to give you that red blinking light if you're not, if you're not careful. You but know the, the controllers work. Right. Game works. We're ready. You know, the one I bought was like $30, right? It's like the, 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 the newer one, the smaller one that plays the original games. It's like a, Oh, what the little, yeah, like the retro, uh, the yeah. retro machine. Yeah. Yeah. 30 bucks. I think we could probably, if you don't want to bring yours out in public, I'll bring we, it out. We could probably, we can swing. have, we can have multiple, <laughs> we can, we can have multiple. Nintendos. Speaking of things that we could put on the, the company account, <laughs> we have multiple accounts. I mean, it is what it is. Hockey team, Nintendo. Got all it. right. Just knock all those things down. So if you want to participate, uh, the OG goes digital at gmail.com is how you can email us. Just say you want to participate in the Tech Mobile tournament. I have a feeling that some people are just going to be walking up, which is cool. Yeah. We can accommodate that. Come on up, have a beer, play some games. Hang I'm going to make some food. I'm excited. Making the big ZD, right? I am. I got to talk to my mom about the flan. Okay. I'll, I'll talk to my mom about that. Uh, big thanks to State Farm for sponsoring Ovias and Gilio. You can contact them, Matt Davis, insuregarner.com theoginsurance.com or just call them directly 919-779-8277 matt davis can take care of you yeah matt can save you money but the only way you're going to know that is you got to reach out so give him a call 919-779-8277 figure out the best way that you can save money on all of your insurance needs you can also go to theoginsurance.com also, big thanks to Homefield. Check them out, homefieldapparel.com. Use that promo code OG23 to save 15% off your order. I do know they've got some really cool t-shirts getting ready to drop in February and March. It's basketball time, man. And we're gonna we're gonna get into some basketball a little bit later on. Uh, but if you're thinking about college basketball, you're thinking about your fits for say Duke Carolina game this upcoming weekend, go to homefieldapparel.com and use that promo code OG23 to save 15% off your order. To the NFC side of things, you talk about dying with your fastball. <laughs> you gotta live by a code. I, I don't have any problems with him. I, this is the way that he is. We saw this in the opening press conference, for goodness sake. <sighs> the man's not gonna back down the identity that they have. Fourth and identity t- have. Fourth and two, 28 yard line, up 24 to 10, seven minutes to go in the third quarter. Don't convert. Niners score a touchdown. It's a pretty wild third quarter, by the way. Yes. And then fourth and three at the 30, down 27-24. Turnover on downs. Niners scored. Subsequent drive. 
Dan Campbell, after the game, was asked about this because this is what Dan Campbell does. And the man was feeling it, and he has no regrets. Yeah, I just felt really good about us converting and uh, getting our momentum and and not letting them play long ball. Um, you know, they were bleeding the clock out. That's what they do. Um, and I wanted to get the upper hand back, um, you know, and it's easy hindsight. And I get it, you know, um, I get that. But I don't regret those decisions. And that's hard. You know, it's hard because, you know, they didn't, we didn't come through. It wasn't able to, to work out. But I just, I don't. I don't. And I understand the scrutiny I'll get. That's part of the gig, man. Um, but, you know, we just, just didn't work out. So that was Dan Campbell after the game talking about those fourth down, lack of conversions on fourth down and not kicking a field goal as though these field goals were automatic, right? Uh, but let's let's take that away. We have to keep it consistent. If part of the story with the Lions and Dan Campbell and this three-year coaching arc is that the guy gave no Fs, that the guy was aggressive, the team believed in the aggressiveness, and that aggressiveness got you here. And Dan Campbell has been open about fourth down. It's not like he's some sort of analytics nerd that's looking at a chart. He says, look, man, it's a tool, but I also go based on feel. And the feeling for him at that point was to let's go out and win the damn football game. That's what we do. And it's really strange to me that all the folks who are screaming at Dan Campbell were probably the same people who were loving the story along the way. And you cannot ask somebody who got to this point in a certain way. You cannot ask them to go, hey, we now want you to win a different way. We want you to change your philosophy completely and then expect to get to the Super Bowl. I don't fault them. They drop passes. What is it? You drop passes, and then sometimes the way the cookie crumbles, a ball literally goes off your defender's hands and into the other guy's hands, and they score a touchdown. I, w- I was just about to ask you, uh, or, or tell you more, more appropriately. Mm-hmm. I got a text on Saturday, and, and the question was, do you believe in karma? <laughs> and I do believe in karma. Sure, I do. Sure. I, I believe there is a push and a pull to the universe. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, uh, Jaquiski Tart dropped an interception that would have sealed a trip to the Super Bowl for the 49ers. Like it was one of those plays where you're like, dude, how did you drop that? Like mm. you win the game if you catch this like lollipop and, and it's over. You're back in the Super Bowl. They end up losing. The Rams go on to win the Super Bowl. I look at this play and it, sometimes along the way, you have to have plays like this. Sometimes they go against you. Two years ago, it went against them. This bounce to go off of the Detroit defender, the only way for Brandon Ayuk to make the play right. was for it to bounce off of the defender to him. Mm-hmm. So this is how it works sometimes. There is a push and a pull to the universe. Sometimes you show up in the Super Bowl in a pandemic and your ankles shot to hell and your left tackle's dead. Sometimes you show up in the Super Bowl and you're running hot. Sometimes you show up in the Super Bowl and Belichick's got hold you to three points. Sometimes you show up in the Super Bowl and everyone's excited that you're there. I, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to explain it, right? And now we have a rematch in the Super Bowl. We do have a rematch from now the the night the 2019 season. 
Jimmy Garoppolo what was that was the 49ers, but that was Shanahan, mm-hmm. uh, Elijah Mitchell, and uh, the running back Mostert, who's now with the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like a, the same template of their offense. They have since upgraded their parts. A couple things about this to get back to what you said about un- rewiring our brain to not be so obsessed with the zero sum game of the MVP has to be the quarterback, right? This team, the Niners, got to this point in a system, as you said, with Shanahan, that has a lot of the same mechanics, just better players. Debo Samuel, better player. Ayuk, as you mentioned, he has been fantastic all season long. And of course, to me, the biggest difference maker is Christian McCaffrey. Don't worry, we'll get to Brock Purdy. But I (laughs) wanted to spend some time as though I were Wolverine in the meme, sitting in my bed, looking at a photo of days gone past. And what Christian McCaffrey was for the Carolina Panthers. And I'm happy for Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I think everybody is, right? I mean, I'm happy for Christian McCaffrey that he actually gets to experience this because he was being wasted, wasted with the Carolina Panthers while dealing with his own injuries and things like that as well. But ultimately, you see where he's truly being used and how dynamic he is. And I wish people would see what Christian McCaffrey does and understand, hey, that's what a really dynamic running back can do. Guys like that are worth their contracts. And I wish people would get away. Like, why would you give Christian McCaffrey that money? That's why you give Christian McCaffrey that money, man. That dude was making some cold ass runs in this game. All right. And to me, Christian McCaffrey is the reason he should be the MVP, honestly, of of the San Francisco 49ers. That's not to say that Brock Purdy didn't acquit himself, right? Because when they were down, what, 24 to 7, you could be like, oh, you're telling me that Brock Purdy somehow, some way is going to engineer a comeback. This is the, dif- the biggest difference between Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy and the system. You know what Jimmy Garoppolo could not do that Brock Purdy can do? Doesn't always do, but he can do it. Scramble. We saw that last night to keep plays alive, get that extra yardage. And that to me is where you're going, oh, okay. They might just go and win this damn thing if Brock Purdy is going to play like that. Just they, saying. They will not because uh, Mahomes has to crush me one more time. Why do you take it so personal? One more time. Why do you take it so personal? I thought about it, actually. I, I And the reason I really don't like him is the one time I bet on him was the Super Bowl that they lost to the Buccaneers. <laughs> oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Is that what it is? Okay. Just imagine how much better they'd be if they had Tyreek Hill. Just think of it. <laughs> They're going to go back to back. <laughs> but man... If they had their receiver, but if they had Tyree they, Hill, they would set an NFL record for scoring. <laughs> Just think of what could have been. <laughs> it's, cool. it's cool that you've gone to back to back Super Bowls without him, but just a match. What a mistake. What a folly. <laughs> you fools. <laughs> what are you? Why are you buying that land in Manhattan? What is it going to get you? Oh, man. You're going to regret those $24 that you gave up. <laughs> oh, jeez. Jeez. Anyway, I, I, it's most of the takes, most of the takes were, were coming from the, the, the Ravens and the, and the Chiefs. But I do think that I, I don't think I'm trying, I'm trying to find, I'm, I'm trying to find the right way to phrase this. There are, there's so much invested in being right about certain things that I think if you take anything away from the first 30 minutes of today's podcast, 
We're so invested in being right about stuff that we actually do not enjoy the spectacle that has unfolded. Yes. Okay. Guilty. So we we're so obsessed with being right about the Chiefs. We're so obsessed about Brock Purdy is an elite. He's just a game manager, as though being a game manager isn't like a good thing, right? That we can't just enjoy that second half and we have to get all mad at Dan Campbell. Again, same thing with Dan Campbell. It's the, man, this is a great story. It's a great story. But why are you doing this now? Now is not the time. No, now is the time, guys. So all I say, if you take anything away from the first 30 minutes of today's podcast, it's, you know what? Enjoy the spectacle, y'all. So just be happy. Right, shit. Just be happy. And the same thing's going to be the case for the next two weeks. You tell me that you don't find Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift absolutely adorable on the field trying to find Jason Kelsey. I mean, Andy Reid and his big walrus mustache pointing at Taylor Swift. Like, who would have thought? Pointing to the passer. Who would have thought? It's, it's a love story. Which actually does get us to one final piece of the, I can still be right about something. Just say yes. Thank you. All, you're doing it all too well. <laughs> There's still one more game for you to be right. Not you, mm-hmm. but the Taylor Swift haters. There's one more chance. Your Super Bowl, your literal Super Bowl. But Taylor Swift was too much of a distraction. Mm. Too much of a distraction. Taylor Travis Kelsey was in his feelings because she wasn't around while she was in Tokyo doing four nights. That's the reason why. Oh, sh- wait. Are you saying she's not going to be in the Super no, Bowl? No, she'll be there. Yeah? Yeah, she'll be there. So the way it works out is that she has a show. That will wrap oh, up in Tokyo. So like a normal person, like a normal superstar. She had a schedule and wasn't like this, the, the Venn diagram of her fans and NFL fans yeah. until previous to September was really co-centric circles. Yes. And now there's a big chunky pie there. Mm-hmm. So she would not have cared about the date of the Super Bowl. No. Wow. Interesting. But, but she can still make it. She can? Yeah, because of the way, you know. The international time clock works. Yeah. She's, she's like, she's a time machine. She has, she literally has a time machine. She will be, who said that she will, she'll be going back are we in going time. back in time? Yes, you are going back in time. So the way it would work out is if she left her show, the last show of this uh, four-night Tokyo Dome extravaganza, she would be getting to Las Vegas on Saturday. With about 24 hours ahead of kickoff. Plenty of time. Plenty of time. And then she can get to Australia after that. Now, this is one of those. I don't think she's flying commercial. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Now, all right. All right. All of this is a setup. She can get to Australia. I'm pretty sure, John. All of this is a setup. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? All of this is a setup. Yeah. For this is my, I like like to joke that I have a a degree in advancement theory. Okay. Okay. The idea being that I can tell you what storylines are going to be before they become actual storylines. Yes. And I'm telling you. I like to call it guess the AP lead. Yes. Okay. All right. I'm telling you right now, if it hasn't happened already, but it will, people will be looking at her itinerary and they're going to make a big deal about carbon emissions. Okay. Oh, because she's destroying the I'm telling you right planet. now. It's okay. going to be a thing for the next two weeks that Taylor Swift and the amount of travel that will take place to get her to the Super Bowl, a single person to go see her boyfriend in the biggest game of the year, that it's going to be killing the earth. I could, I could see that. Yeah. I mean, hell, I wouldn't be shocked if we get some CGI 
think, well, I got to be careful about the deep fakes because that's been a news item here. But I'm telling you right now that I wouldn't be surprised if people are like, I bet you she's on that private jet emitting carbon and she's got old school hairspray aerosol and she's just putting it into the ozone because she doesn't care about the earth. That's not very woke now, is it? Telling you right now. Right now. Speaking of Vegas, (laughs) according to Arash Markazi, the designated hotel for the Super Bowl is the Luxor, which will look like a giant Dorito chip for the Super Bowl. I put this up on YouTube. He's not making this up. They put a big graphic on the uh, Luxor. Ah, Okay, story time. (laughs) Have you been? When was the last time you went to Vegas? 2000. Okay. Last time I went to Vegas, I want to say it was like 14, 15. Um, it, was okay. a, it was a Grand Canyon trip. So, no, no. Last time we went through Vegas was actually 2019 as part of a big national parks trip. We hit five different national parks in about a 12-day span. It was a lot of fun, a lot of driving. But the first time we went, I want to say it was 2014, so we can go to the Grand Canyon. You know, cheap flight, southwest, boom, direct. Uh, I think we, you know, to reset the kids because they were younger, we ended up staying at like a Hilton Grand Vacations uh, place, nice pool, all that stuff. But the reason why I chose the Grand Vacation is because it was more family friendly. And our old producer, Shannon Penn, was working for the hotel group. So we got a discount. We made it even better. Nice. And the reviews were really, really good. But in researching hotels to stay, I would go on Expedia. And you could get a room at the Luxor for like 20 bucks. I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. What's the catch? A hotel for 20 bucks? Because you know how it is in Vegas. They want you in the building. Right. Because you'll spend money. That's all they care about. That's all they care about. Get rid of those windows. Get rid of those clocks. (laughs) Pump that AC. Yes. It's like, hold up. What's the catch on like this place, Circus Circus? Mm. Right. Circus Circus was also, I think I could get a room at Circus Circus for 15 bucks. It was crazy it's on wild. Expedia. I started reading the reviews. And the reviews of the Luxor were just like, unidentified stains. The room <laughs> smelled like cigarettes. Which, of course, yeah. it's Vegas, right? Like, everything that could possibly be wrong about a room, the Luxor had it, man. Like, the water was coming out brown. It's just, like, bad. And I'm just, I saw this. I'm going, oh, oh man. If the media bitched about being in Jacksonville, I cannot wait to see the conditions of the Luxor, which is right by the stadium, by the way. Okay. Could be worse, though. It could always, it could always be worse. Because you know what's right next door to the Luxor? No. The Excalibur. That's are like you, the OG spot, right? Are you familiar with the Excalibur? Like I said, I haven't been since right. O2s. And I know there were some... There's some old, older casinos now that are gone and older hotels yeah. that are gone. So I'm not. Well, so that's, so what you're talking about is, so there's the, there's Fremont. There's the, yeah. old, there's old Vegas. Old, old town there. Yeah. There's old Vegas, which is nowhere near the stadium. The strips. Allegiant uh, okay. and all that stuff. The MGM Grand, uh, New York, New York. Yeah. Um, what is it? What's the name of the arena that the Vegas Golden Knights T-Mobile. play? In? T-Mobile Arena. None of that is around there. Okay. That's, that's old town. This is the new strip. With all the big fancy stuff, with the Bellagio and, uh, you know, again, all the fancier stuff. But before it became what it is today, that's where a lot of the more family... Remember, Vegas went through a family-friendly phase. They did? Yes. Were they trying to Disney-fy Yes. Vegas? Yes. 
And the reason why I know this is because my parents took me to Vegas when I was a kid so that I could go to the Grand Canyon and to Zion National Park and various other things, right? And the Excalibur was like the big new family-friendly location. And they had like a they had like a sword and sorcery show. Uh, you know, it's like dinner theater. Oh, Excalibur, yeah, like uh medieval times. Medieval times, right? Yeah. They call you wench, they don't give you utensils. I actually we actually took the kids there at 14. They had a good time. But here was but here's my point. It had been 25 years since I had been to the Excalibur. Had not changed. No. The exact same. The charm. The exact same space. Like James's dorm room. Has not changed. Smelled. All that stuff. So like I said, it could be worse. You could be chilling at the Excalibur. I do wonder if like our friends Will Brinson and various other NFL people will be hanging out at the Medieval Times show. You got to go. It's a great time, man. There's nothing like eating a Cornish hen with your hands. Brinson in Vegas. Hey. Our friend Jonathan Jones in Vegas. Double J. Double J. I actually messaged Double J as he was uh, tracking Taylor Swift around. I'm like, shoot your shot, buddy. Shoot your shot. (laughs) (laughs) Big thanks to Breeze Through. Check them out. Various locations across the triangle. You hit the breeze through the other day. I did Saturday before the Canes game. Mm-hmm. I was over there to watch them uh, muddle through a, an interesting game against the Coyotes. Um, but I needed I needed coffee. <laughs> and what was funny, Bob, who you know the guy who works the yeah. uh, machine when you walk in the building. Yeah, he saw that I had coffee, and then someone else who worked there who didn't know. You know, they didn't know who I was. They knew I had a media credential. Mm-hmm. And they go to Bob, or is he allowed to bring this coffee into the building? And Bob's like, yeah, it's, it's fine. And I go, yeah, you know how bad the coffee is here. <laughs> He's like, yes. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I, I said, see? See? I love like, there's certain things you can get in the building. I yeah. love that. I love that. Big thanks to Butcher's Market for sponsoring Opius and Jillio. We will be doing the show live from the new Butcher's Market on Lake Boone this Thursday, 2 o'clock. I went on Thursday while you guys were live. I was over there. Uh, great new spot. Mm-hmm. All of the things that you love. Uh, same setup as the mothership. So I'm looking forward to it. Maybe if it's nice enough, maybe we will do it outside. But, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Kenneth has got a spot for us there. Plenty of room. They have the sandwiches now there. You cannot, absolutely cannot wrong with the sandwiches. And I actually got a bunch of uh, the signature steak tips for yesterday, made a bunch of sandwiches and all of my neighbors were like, where did you, what is this this meat? And I was like, I did nothing to it. (laughs) It was not me. (laughs) No, 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 no. I promise you. It was not me. Joe, wrong, wrong. I know. Ancient Jillio family yeah. recipe, or as Siri likes to say when I'm listening to a podcast on my AirPods, and Siri's telephone call from Joe Gilio. Said <laughs> Gilio family recipe. There you go. That's what you have to say. Also, big thanks to Mosquito and Pest Authority. I don't have the email. One of the one day this week, we're going to read the um, going to read the email from a listener who contacted Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority. It was our guy Troy. Troy did it too. Who also went to State Farm for us it. with Matt Davis. So he he is uh, he gets a double gold star. We need to send him one of those captain badges that I sent to. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say Cooper. Troy. Troy, if you're listening, email us again, and we'll have to hook it up with a breaking T-shirt or hoodie or whatever you want. We'll make that happen. So go to bugsbite.com 
Uh, you're not thinking about it right now, but we did get a preview of warm weather this past weekend. It was downright spring. We did. So start thinking about yeah, things will like be it. blooming. The mosquitoes will be active before you know it. So start thinking about that as we get into the warmer weather Bugs down the line. Bugsbite.com. No contracts, but you can bundle and save a bunch of money and protect your number one investment. That's your home. I'd, oh, I'd like to move on, but got the email, Joe. All right. So we're going to have to uh, make it work. Man. We're going to have to hold on a second. We're going to have to, we're going to hit the pause button here. The beauty of the podcast. <laughs> I'm literally, we're literally going to hit the pot. We're going to hit pause in the podcast because at 10.08, got the email from Junior Kane. So I have to sign my kid up for camp. So please hold tight. Stand by, please. All right, we're back. Registered for the camps. I got in, Joe. And now more than ever, if you want to buy advertising. <laughs> Now's the time. Now is the time. Because <laughs> I just dropped. I just dropped like 750 bucks on camps. <sighs> the things we do, man. The things we do for the children. All right. Speaking of things that we do, we talk about basketball in this program. So let's talk about some triangle hoops, Joe. Let's start with the Tar Heels because the Tar Heels continue to be the most impressive team, not just in the ACC, but I think nationally. At some point, we're going to have to have a conversation about North Carolina on a national level that they don't seem to be having right now. And I don't know what more they need to do. They're 9-0 in conference play. The rare moment where you can invoke the name Matt Doherty era Tar Heels and go, they haven't done this since, and it'd be a good thing. Mm. So they haven't been 9-0 to start ACC play since 2000-2001. They've got the second longest active winning streak in college basketball. They've got an ACC player of the year that's going to get national run in R.J. Davis. They've got a likable player in Armando Baycott. That's a good story in that he has pivoted in his role. He doesn't have to be everything and everything for anything and everything for the Tar Heels. He can focus on what he's been really good at, getting rebounds, playing defense, affecting the game differently away from scoring. And I think you and I both agree. We've been talking about this for weeks now, Joe. Elliot Cadeau, as he advances, as he gets better, as he gets more aggressive, it really does unlock the Tar Heels potential. Yeah, you say you don't know what Carolina can do nationally to change some people's minds. That goes back to the Kentucky and the UConn games when Cadeau was not a factor. Mm -hmm. He had 10 points, total 10 points in those two games. Uh, the Kentucky game in particular, you'll remember he spent large swatches on the bench. Then he comes in, has the turnover late in that game. Uh, these last two games now, he's got 16 and 14. And if you, if you look at Florida State and think, oh, they're not a good team, I, then you're not watching the games. I mean, they're an athletic team. They're long. They That's, shot the ball well it's, for it's, long stretches of this game. And it's 70 to 68 with a minute left. They're going toe-to-toe -to -toe with Carolina. Mm -hmm. But much as Hubert Davis has done all year, He's put on a masterclass. I mean, everyone on that team knows what they're doing. Everyone on that team understands their roles. They have a clear, distinct bus driver and mm -hmm. RJ Davis, who is the closer. And you know, now you add Cadeau, and that is what elevates them from just a team that could possibly go 20-0 and in the ACC to a team that now is legitimately can think about, uh, as our friend Hunter Oakley has already done, 
get those reservations out in <laughs> Glendale and you can start thinking about being the last team. Yeah. Uh, standing on the top of the box on the last Monday of the season. So it's interesting. You and I, we did a show from Raleigh Country Club for yeah. the uh, UNC uh, Rex Hospital Open, right? And that's when Cadeau had reclassified. And that's when, if you want to go back to that show, you and I both talked about, okay, now we can see what Hubert Davis is really trying to do with this group, putting these pieces together. Let's see how it works. Because Cadeau's development, the, the scratch-off, as you like to call it, with Cadeau is it allows for two of their key pieces to go do what they're best at. So that's R.J. Davis, need we say more. And Armando Baycott not having to do anything. You brought up Florida State's, Florida State's length. There's a reason why you looked at Wake Forest's roster and went, hey, with Efton Reed, you can see where maybe you would like Wake Forest. But this is probably one of the more under-discussed aspects of Armando Baycott's season. He's not necessarily going to wow you. He might not be a first-team national, you know, uh, first-team national player. Um, he's not their ACC Player of the Year, but he's affecting the game defensively to the point where it helps them against Florida State. It helps them against Wake Forest. It's going to help them going forward against teams that would traditionally give this team problems. It's kind of like how we talked about with Duke and Derek Lively last year. You can affect yeah. the game in ways outside of scoring. And when the ball's not having to go through him to score all the time, you see how everything else unlocks. And again, he's getting help. Everybody's complimentary basketball because Harrison Ingram might have been the player of the game given, what, 17 rebounds in this game? He continues to do that. He goes from, a, what, a six-rebound-a-game guy at Stanford to this rebounding machine, and that's why Hubert Davis continues to talk about team rebounding. And that concept of team has really permeated throughout. And I think the biggest thing with the Tar Heels that you can't, you can't quantify, but you can see it. It's, it's kind of like the old, I know it when I see it. There's a confidence level of this Carolina squad that understands, hey, maybe the shots aren't falling. Hey, Florida, because Florida State hit some tough shots, man. First half of that game. Tough shots. I mean, Their both teams were banging some some really contested shots. It was a good basketball yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. You know? So you can see that, hey, man, we're playing good defense, but these they keep banking them in. Like, all right, maybe that maybe today's not the day. But no, you know what? Tarius was like, no, let's let's double down. Let's keep sticking with it. They don't get away from it. They don't get flustered very easily. And that builds, that oh, stacks. Their second half performances have been impressive. Mm-hmm this whole way through and you, you start looking at it. That, that was one of the games I thought they could lose. Yeah. Uh, I, I had them at 18 and two. I thought this game in the Miami game, it's in front of them now. I don't, I don't know if that's what they want. I don't know if you, you know, I, I'm a big believer in a loss can help you. Eh. Um, but man, they're, they're going to lose, they're, right? They're performing at a different level. They're going right to lose now. a game and they're not going to go undefeated in conference play. Right. I mean, again, famous. <laughs> I, I guess this is my week to go famous last words. Maybe. Is that is that what I'm doing here? Famous last words. They're not going undefeated in conference play. I mean, somebody can get hot and beat you. It happens, but is the way Duke, that they're playing is the way that they're playing defensively. Number four in Kempom right now. I mean, we can count on no hands the number of times they've been ahead of Virginia in Kempom defensive efficiency. Is Duke going to do it? Duke is not going to do it. Uh, Duke got themselves a, a, a home win. They mm-hmm. got themselves a Cameron win. And congratulations <laughs> to John Shire. His hazing is fi- is finally over. Did I he thought, graduate? I thought there was an overreaction last year 
uh-huh. to an overcorrection last year to, okay, Duke just got the calls. That guy got the calls for mm. 35 of the last 40 years. And there were a couple of curious decisions last year in endgame situations for Duke where I thought they probably should have gotten the whistle and didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did not think this was a, a foul late. Uh, uh, Lamar Simpson with the you very, didn't think it was a foul? Very late whistle. Whoa, whoa, no, whoa, 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 I, I did whoa, not whoa. think it was a foul. It was a foul, dude. He I, got fouled. I did not think it was a foul. But here's the here's the larger issue. It was a flop. He he pops okay, his head a, back. You got to sell calls. I got no problem. No, with they, calls. they were supposed to eliminate that. The selling. It was a. It was, I don't think it was a foul. I thought. I Straight thought. It, I thought it was a foul. But you know where Clemson really lost that game. Uh, Joe Girard puts Clemson up sixty-seven, sixty-five with three oh four left in the game. Here's what they did the rest of the way. They got two free throws with 215 left from PJ Hall to go up 69-65. And then they went turnover, 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 free throws. Steal, steals, by the way. Not like right. This is good defense from uh, from Duke. Steal, 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 right? And after the game, I think Clemson's a good team, by the way. Like this was their Super Bowl. I had this one circled as their Super Bowl. I thought they came in there and played the way that they needed to play to win the basketball game. Haven't won there since 1995. And Brad Brownell talked about it after the game. Like I've I've been here. I have my email up still from the Junior Canes thing. So let me go ahead and let me go ahead and close my email out here. Regardless, the this is from cutigers.net. And they had gotten video of Brad Brownell after the game. Quick context here. Brownell told the Clemson radio broadcast that they had the game taken away from him. And then during this sequence, he talks about, you know, this happens a lot. I've been here a couple of times. I think last year we were a possession away from winning this game. You get caught up in the emotions and everything else. Speaking of emotions, Joe Girard, you went after an official, the traveling gemstone, right? The lost Bayheim. I mean, between Brad Brown, L calling out the officiating both in the post game radio show and in the post game press conference and Joe Girard, I expect some reprimands this week from the ACC. Here's Brownell. Um, obviously a very competitive basketball game. Uh, Unbelievably disappointed with the ending. Uh, we had a couple chances to put it away ourselves and didn't. Executed a really good sideline play, and PJ stepped up, made big free throws. Um, it's hard to win here. I think a lot of people in the room, on the court, uh, get caught up in the emotion of the game, and uh, I thought that happened tonight. Um, really disappointed with how it was, uh, how it ended. Give, give the Duke kids credit for being aggressive and taking it to the basket, but that's 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 really poor. That's poor. So, Coach, we got to get better for it. But uh, really, hate hate it for my players. This was uh, thought we played very well tonight in a lot of ways, and uh, obviously to not be rewarded with a win is, is stinks. <laughs> to your point. Brownell's been in this situation before. He kept referencing it. And it's tough to win here for a lot of reasons. We hit bingo card. Was, was there a Duke clock operator error as well? And he's lived it. And I I had the same thought as you in that. Are we really? I think it was uh, Will Quackenbush, uh, who's a Clemson radio guy. 
And he had said, John Shire's privilege is showing. I'm like, are we really doing a privilege check on John Shire as a head coach? A guy who learned last year that you're not Mike Krzyzewski? Like, this idea that somehow John Shire is going to get the same kind of treatment Mike Krzyzewski does. What planet are you on? It's not transferable. It's not like a home warranty. It is not something that happens when you give the title to the car. Oh, by the way, you're going to get the calls from the officials as well because officials are worried about John Shire. No, stop it. Stop it. Interesting uh, to me. Not besides all the officiating stuff. Seven seconds left. This is when we you figure out who's the bus driver, who's running this team. Mm-hmm. What's the hierarchy of this team? Mm. I, I would not have had Proctor. With, I, mean, I mean, he scored 18 points in this game, but that's Duke's biggest problem right that's, now. I, if I'm Filipowski, you got to go get the ball. You got to be the guy. Dude. You want to well, be, be the man. Here's the thing. And I've been trying to tell you, not you, yeah, the yeah. collective you. I've been trying to tell people that every broadcast goes in with their own talking points. And one of the talking points to check off is to discuss Kyle Filipowski as a player of the year candidate. He is not. He is not. Yeah. Last year, he showed that he had that dog in him. Remember, the Virginia game happened. Yeah, There's questions about toughness. Yeah. He was pushed. There was kind of like a book on him. If you push him around, he's going to go emo. <laughs> he, he fought back. He showed that he had the dog in him. I don't know where that's been this year. I really don't know where it's been. And it's gotten to the point where when you ask about Duke defined roles, I don't know what they are right now. Yes. There's some positive. You can look at some positive results from the freshman. Yes. You want Tyrese Proctor to get going like he was at the end of last year. People ask the question, why the hell does Ryan young keep getting minutes? Well, Ryan young of all the players understands what his role is. They need someone to defend Paul. Yes. So Ryan Young, with all of his liabilities, knows what he's supposed to do. And he's giving, to borrow a phrase from Steve Logan from back the, back in the day, he will stick his face in the fan blades, man. And Mark Mitchell, turns out, is actually Duke's most important player. Because if he cannot get going, then that affects the way that they can address Cal Filipowski, who has not elevated his game so far yeah. this season. And... I'm not I mean, saying he that, did have major surgery in the offseason. Yeah, and he keeps landing awkwardly on his yeah. ankle as well. But let me let me again, this is a byproduct of having been here for too long. Yeah. Body language, man. Oh, body they're, language. They're not a team that's having fun. They're not a team that's having fun. And that's the kind of thing that Mike Krzyzewski would absolutely be ripping and questioning in a postgame. But again, I'm I don't want to do this whole why isn't John Shire like Mike Krzyzewski because they're not the same guy. And look, I actually credit John Shire for, because John Shire doesn't want to hear that noise. John Shire, after the game, he was asked about Brad Brownell's, you know, oh, the game was taken from us. You know, for me, like, look, I can go through the whole game and talk about the different plays of us, them pushing us in the back or blocking out, or I can go down the whole game. All I know is Tyrese Proctor made a heck of a play then to drive it to the basket, and he gets fouled shooting two free throws. And he should be celebrated for that. I'm not going to go through every game that we play, the officials after a game, what what they called and what they didn't call. All I know is I'm proud of my team, man. I'm proud of my team for finding a way to win and playing through contact. Like, look, I think there's a lot of contact both ways. I'm not sitting here and saying there's one way or the other. A lot of contact both ways, and that's part of playing the ACC. You got to find a way to 
you got to find a way to get a win. And uh, the play that Flip made and the play that Tyrese made were were uh, were big time. So that's John Shire after the game, and I don't blame him. I actually like the way he handled it uh, after the game, talking about this, especially when you go back to last year, where Duke could easily point out, yeah, well, we we got screwed by officiating last year in a crucial game at Virginia. So don't let's not talk about this kind of stuff. You got to find the ways to to win a game. You got to find a ways to play through contact. Totally cool with what John Shire said. All that being said, and I before a Duke fan gets in the YouTube comments, before I get a mention, before I get an email, I'm not saying that it's too late for Duke. We'll we'll get to who it's too late for here in a second in the triangle. It's not too late for Duke because I also have to recognize, as you pointed out, Kyle Filipowski's coming off of surgery. He keeps tweaking his ankle, keeps tying his shoes as he comes down it awkwardly. Where's Roach and Jeremy his Roach and is Mitchell and his right. Health and Every, they this is two years in a row. They really, where, only have one freshman who's actually helping them. Uh, McCain and McCain and Foster seem to be picking their spots. Yeah, McCain is helping them. Yeah. Uh, you're not, I'm not, you're, not, you're, not you're not feeling it with Caleb Foster. Not really. But the my point stands when it comes to Duke. Much like last year, where they went through multiple lineups for a variety of issues, they're doing it again. At some yeah. point, at some point, Duke should be whole. They're too talented, too talented to come up short. But I can see some of the red flags with this Duke squad defining on roles. And it's interesting going into this game on Saturday between the Tar Heels and the Blue Devils, how there's a, a little bit of a reverse of how last year went versus this year, in which Carolina is the team that understands their assignment. And Duke is the one that's still pressure, trying to figure it out. Pressure burst pipes, man. Yeah, man. Expectations are a hell of a drug. Speaking of pressure, let's get to the team that is getting a little, a little late early, and that would be NC State after yet another regrettable game. Now, 0-3, since Kevin Keats said he was, quote-unquote, tired of this shit, that they weren't being talked about, that basically demanding respect for a team that had gotten out to a 5-1 start in ACC play. They're now 0-3 since that, for a variety of reasons. When you lose to Virginia Tech, it was 20 turnovers. When you lose to Virginia, they couldn't rebound. And then, of course... In this game against Syracuse, more turnovers and bad shooting. And I think that's probably the biggest problem I have with NC State right now. Consistency-wise, shooting, it's just not there, man. It's just not there. And I don't know if they have the dudes for it. Yeah, they've had two lackluster starts yeah. to these last two games. And I, I don't understand. I can understand Saturday's start a little bit, mm -hmm. um, the way that they had poured it out at at Virginia, get back late, then you you back on the road. You know, there's some there's some travel wear and tear there. But after the way that they started against Virginia, one thing that Kevin has always done a really good job of is making sure uh, that his team's ready the next game. And I think you're you're starting to see a little bit of um, some bleed over, and and that's that's not what you want in the, the first half. Look, I just don't think there's that big of a difference between two teams, two through 14 in the ACC. And then maybe even depending on where the game is, two through 15. And I, you can't have these long stretches where you're just outright inept yeah. on offense, which they are. And, you know, I, I think depending on how deep in the weeds you really want to go, I, you say it's too late. I would say Tuesday is that this is the fork in the road. This mm. is a true... Uh, must-win game for Kevin Keats in his future at NC State. 
apathy is certainly set in. Oh, for sure. I mean, because that's another that's another factor when it comes to a college program and how you view things going forward. And it's a Tuesday night, nine o'clock against an opponent that doesn't necessarily move the needle. You and I can both like Miami. Yeah. You know, they got Norchad O'Meer coming back. And that's certainly helping out with Miami. This is the game that I got say into the tournament last year when they beat Miami at home at PNC. Yes. That was one of the two or three wins that they got last year that got them into the tournament. So I'm curious what it's going to look like on Tuesday because that can affect the future of a coach more than anything yeah. else. Sometimes you might believe in the coach, but if people have checked out on you, well, here we are. And I do think that that's kind of where we're at with NC state basketball in particular. I was actually talking to a buddy of mine yesterday and actually it's, I, I have two, I have two NC state friends and they both said the same thing over the last two weeks. I mean, I have more than two NC state friends. I'm bringing up these, the, let me rephrase these two NC state friends of mine right. in back-to-back weekends. So the weekend before I'm talking to my buddy, Jason, and this past weekend, I'm talking to my buddy, Rick, and both said to me, yeah, man. I just can't get into basketball for a variety of sure. reasons. And the, and the first one being is like, yeah, I kind of know what's happening with NC state. Like they might have a game that you're excited about, but they're going to lose to Carolina and they're going to have a series of games that they're going to just, you know, crap the bed. And my interest levels, is not there. They're going to, they're going to come up one game short of making the NCAA tournament, you know, that all kind of stuff. They just, it's a big shoulder shrug and they're more excited about the direction of football than they are basketball. And they're spending more time thinking about football than they are basketball. Now, this is a generational thing too. I mean, I've been, I've been pounding the table on this for several years that my, our, our generation of college fan in the area, if you went to NC state in the mid to late nineties, it was not exactly the basketball that everybody fell in love with in 1983. And Chuck Amato kind of ushered in a give a damn level for football that didn't really exist before. And it's been taken off ever since there's a culture around football whether it's about Dave Dorn or the tailgating, there's a culture around NC state football. There's really no culture around NC state basketball. What is NC state basketball at this point, other than disappointment? I mean, maybe that's what the culture is. So when you, you see this stacked and stacked and stacked, well, then people are just going to check out and I don't blame them by the way. I really do not blame them. They'll get up for the Carolina game. They'll get up for the Duke game, but like the wake forest game last week or two weeks ago when that's when all this started, right? That should have been a better crowd because that's a traditional rival against a good Wake Forest squad and ended up being a really good basketball game. And it got loud there, but it was kind of a sleepy crowd for a little bit of time there. It's going to be worse on Tuesday night. Again, I cannot stress this enough. I don't blame people for not wanting to show up. I don't blame people for not wanting to invest in NC State basketball because what reason have they given you when they demand the attention and then they follow it up with this, right? And it kind of tying it back to North Carolina and confidence. I can see what Kevin Keats was trying to do get this team gassed up. Let's buy in. We can do something here. Let's make the NCAA tournament. But now the worry is what do these three games do going forward? Is the confidence gone? Can they get it back? What happens on Tuesday night if they lose? The results aren't as, as important as the effort in the first, I can't stress this enough. The effort in the first half against Virginia, the effort in the first half against Syracuse was not good enough. And the way that they got two five and one in the league was by playing defense. I mean, heck, the game they played against Virginia here in Raleigh was who they could be. 
Now it's you're not going to replicate that obviously every game. I, I say everybody plays a Super Bowl for a reason, mm-hmm. and maybe that was their Super Bowl. Um, but you know, th- this is a team that when you reload on an annual basis, you need to hit on all of those parts. And if you think about it, they bring in Jaden Taylor and, and DJ Horn to be their lead, lead guards and their bus drivers. And Taylor has not been a good enough scorer or shooter as outstanding as he's been defensively. Casey Morcel has, has lost his shot. Well, a big part of that is he had two really good guys who were occupying the defense and allowed him to be a spot up shooter. Mm-hmm. Uh, DJ Burns did not have the off season that he needed to have in order to come back and be a force in this league. And now Kevin has to spend a lot of his time basically hiding DJ Burns and trying to make it work for a guy who's a liability on defense, but they're not good enough on offense to not have him on the floor. So that there's a lot of juggling going on there. You know, someone had tweeted over me at the weekend about NIL money. No, they have NIL money. They got money. They spent it. And sometimes you make decisions that don't work out. MJ Rice is another one of those where, you know, no one could control what is going on with MJ Rice. But, you know, you go get a McDonald's All-American from Kansas. Yeah, you probably figured he was going to score 14, 15 points a game. And obviously he has not been a factor. So you, you add it all up and, you know, they're in this situation that they're in now. You say it's too late. Something dramatic will have to happen. And, and the performance in the first two in the first two halves of the Virginia and Syracuse games just to me that something dramatic won't mm-hmm. happen. Uh, but I do have a podcast called Law of the Wolf. And the Law of the Wolf is you get the most <laughs> when you expect the least. And let me tell you, brother, we, expectations are at all time low for this game on Tuesday. This has got you just gave up 21 runs to Arkansas. Big 21 runs to Arkansas energy to me on Tuesday night. Just don't get bit by a snake. Big thanks to Whitaker and Hamer for sponsoring Ovias and Gilio. Check them out. WH.lawyer. Big thanks to them for helping us out with the Tecmo Super Bowl tournament on Sunday. One o'clock. Come on by, hang out. We'll have a good time. And uh, we got contracts that were written up by wh.lawyer Whitaker and hammer oh all of our legal help comes from wh.lawyer crucial <laughs> absolutely crucial you know those stray reckless driving tickets that you get for passing somebody on a light i'm still trying to figure out how they came up with that charge but doesn't matter big i th- don't have to handle that because josh was there for me also big thanks to hometown realty check them out myhtr.com maybe you need to sell your house so that you can afford Hockey prices, youth hockey yeah. prices. Well, Whitaker, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hometown realty can help you out. And then Whitaker and Hamer can, can take you to closing, sign all the documents and all that fun stuff. So again, check them out, myhtr.com. Yeah, as the mortgage rates come down and you see some of this new construction, there's going to be a frenzy coming in the spring, in the summer. And if you, you want to get ahead of that. And again, as we talk about with Matt Davis over at State Farm, or we talk about with uh, Mosquito Authority, have a conversation, make the phone call, Get online, go to myhtr.com. They have an unbelievable website. Easy to use. Myhtr.com, buy, sell, calculate. Also, let's get out of here on some Hey Joe questions. You can hit us up on YouTube. You can buy via email. You can get on social media. We're all over the place. David and Smithfield still active out there on the social media. It's all about NC State football now. Basketball <laughs> will never get back to where it was in the 80s. No need to change the coach. 
unless you're going to go after a power five coach. If you're going to hire just another mid-major guy, if we made a change, my choice would be Justin Gady. I do enjoy Justin. I mean, he is in line to be Tennessee's next coach. This is true, but hey, money. Somebody's got the money, right? Maybe, kind of, who knows? Let's go to <laughs> Fatback and Collard's Cuz. Betting Joe, going to be betting on them heels when he drives to the VA line from now on. Are you? Oh, I... Do UNC fans want you to? I have a ticket now for the Tar Heels to win the national championship. It's a wrap. It's not happening. Now it's not happening. Way to go. They won. The next game, normally when I take a team to either make the final four or win the national championship, they will literally lose the next game. Okay. So maybe this could be different. Maybe this team is different. This could be different. Maybe this team is different. We'll see. If they can, if they can overcome number, if if they can, look, man, if they can overcome you betting on them, man, ACC coach of the year. From 13 to one is a good number. I like it. Only five of the quarterbacks in history have won an MVP twice in a Super Bowl within their first six seasons. A Ravens win would have sealed MVP for this season. Actually, it wouldn't have. It's a regular season award, y'all. His second. And the obvious chance at a Super Bowl. Therefore, it was Lamar's legacy game. Read a little journalist, he says sarcastically. Ooh. Well, first off, I'm not a journalist. I'm a triangle media influencer. There is a difference. Number one. Number two. MVP, and I cannot stress this enough. Wait, was he listening to our conversation or did you advance this theory on the Twitters? This is coming from social media at 6.42 a.m. today. I was tweeting about it yesterday. Oh, okay. I'm like, hold on a second. How did he just do? Well, because I (laughs) I positioned it that way on social media. Like, why is Romo going on and on about legacy game for Lamar Jackson? Whereas the week before, they were positioning Josh Allen as the Peyton Manning to Patrick Mahomes' Tom Brady. Like, no, 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 no. Let's not do that with Josh Allen. Let's not do that. So let's not also do that with Lamar Jackson. I can't stress this enough. Yeah. It's, it, you know, it's, it's kind of like to, to advance the thing that Bomani Jones had brought up about Tiger Woods, right? Like Patrick Mahomes is Tiger Woods and guys like Josh Allen or Phil Mickelson. Great players that just happen to be doing this while the greatest is doing it. How is it any different than Jordan? Jordan, the Bulls, just dominating the NBA with really good players that they were getting through, Right. So I, I find it odd that we're litigating these other quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen before him and taking away from the fact that the reason why they keep losing or they haven't gotten to the big game is because, oh, I don't know, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are in the way. It's kind of has, a you know, that has something to do with it, y'all. Cause and effect. There is a cause and effect. Uh, like from Cam, right? We're a week removed from Levar, Lamar having four touchdowns, 150 through, 152 through the air and 100 on the ground. Why are we doing this? He was bad today a week after being good. Them's the breaks. Yeah, man. Them's the breaks. And we'll close on that. Hope you all enjoyed today's show. We will see you Tuesday where we will discuss more. What, why are you looking at me crazy? No, I'm, I'm curious. I, I, I enjoy a tease. Well, no, we're going to get into what Joe referenced. Clemson's a good team. Florida State's a good team, but apparently they're not good enough to make the NCAA tournament. The ACC will be lucky to get two teams in the NCAA tournament. I have theories as to why we're here with the ACC, and we'll discuss that tomorrow. What if you could have a career 
where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.